Carolyn's laughing at the music already. Hey everybody, this is Chris. <laughs> this is the Talent Hacks podcast. Um, Sasanka's out today, but we've got some special guests. Um, number one, we've got Amy from LaunchSource, who's the head of our customer success. And we've got Carolyn Bursky, who is a certified life and career coach and the founder of Compass Maven. How's it going, Carolyn? Good, how are you? I'm really good. Um, so the topic of today's podcast, we're going to talk about women in sales. And we're also going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about that, I guess, from a manager standpoint and how to hire the best women and talent for your sales team. Um, and then kind of flip it and we'll talk about kind of the candidate angle, why, why sales is a great career uh, for women. So uh, I guess to get started, Carolyn, do you want to just kind of introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about uh, your past. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, thank you guys for having me. This is really Pleasure. exciting to be here. Um, so as Chris mentioned, I'm Carolyn. I uh, spent the first six years out of college in a sales career uh, before becoming a life and career coach. Um, worked in New York City as well as in Boston at both large uh, sales organizations as well as small tech startups. So I kind of got the lay of the land on all sides. Um, Ultimately realized sales wasn't the right career for me. I discovered coaching and that was just something that clicked right away as soon as I figured out what it was. Um, but I help a lot of women who are trying to find jobs in sales and other sorts of related careers. So uh, I'm excited to be here to talk about it. Awesome, well yeah, it's great to have you again. And Amy, you can speak up too if you want here. Feel free to <laughs> just say hello to everyone. <laughs> I'm Amy, I'm very excited to be on a podcast. I love them. Um, I work on customer success and talent at uh, LaunchSource, so I work with our customers who are um, tech companies who are looking to hire um, the best and the brightest for their sales teams, and then I work with the talent, the candidates who are applying for jobs, specifically in sales, and help them to figure out why they're interested in sales and then kind of how to express that so a manager can see their potential and want to hire them ultimately. Awesome. a lot like coaching. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're too similar, Carol. Definitely a lot of coaching. Um, all right. So I guess, you know, just to give a little background, we talk to a lot of hiring managers that are saying, we need to diversify our team. We want to bring in more women to our team. And we interview a lot of women and we make offers, but we can't, you know, get them to actually sign on with us. And they can't figure out why. Um, so we all had lunch the other day and kind of talked about this stuff. And I think one of the things that we, we discussed was how can you create an appealing pitch, right? How can you uh, make your, your organization attractive to female candidates? So Carolyn, do you have any thoughts about that? I have a lot of thoughts on that, all having right, been a woman in sales <laughs> for a long time. Um, uh, I worked for some amazing male bosses that really helped me. I never you know, felt um, uncomfortable as a woman in sales, let's say, from a um, movement forward perspective. But I definitely have seen organizations where um, when you first walk in, you don't necessarily see other people like you. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a lot of guys on the floor, not many women in management. And um, there are ways that you can make it a little bit more comforting to women when they walk in the door of your office. Um, I think one of the biggest things is making sure that you have female-friendly policies in your office. Okay. So, um, you know, as women are checking out, you know, even just getting to your web page of your um, 
Sure. So even before they come in exactly. for an Exactly. Before you even come in the right. office, um, you know, everyone's going to do their research on a company before they go, I hope, before they go uh, do an actual interview and seeing things like maternity leave and other sorts of flexible work hours and work from home sorts of policies on your website, um, as well as photos of teams that are a diverse makeup rather than sure broy dudes with lacrosse sticks standing right. around. I mean, nothing you against stereotypical. guys with nothing against played lacrosse. Guys like, play that's lacrosse. Awesome, I'm, my yeah, boyfriend but, played lacrosse. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's, uh, there's things you can do even just before you even have women walk into your office to... Awesome, yeah, and I know you know one of the things that we always talk about, Amy, is um, making your job postings kind of more um, like I guess female friendly in terms of what you how you write things. Yeah, there's definitely sales is a competitive industry, so if we're talking specifically about sales jobs, there is a natural inclination to use words like all stars or rock stars or like champions mm-hmm. and like really mm-hmm. cool broy words that are going to attract yeah. competitive people which is fine if you're a dude with a hockey stick right but women are competitive too they probably just don't respond to those duty words as <laughs> that's fine duty words yeah <laughs> <laughs> As much as, uh, you know, their male counterparts. So using words like collaborative and innovative and um, strong work ethic and things that still respond to women, but maybe don't paint a certain picture in the mind. Because I also think that the sales culture is changing in a lot of companies. We're talking about, you know, changing a system that's been trying to change for a really long time. So most sales organizations aren't dude heavy or dude with hockey sticks anymore but they still have um, remnants of those like pastimes in their job description so easy enough to change the words to talk more about how you sell now which is asking a lot of questions helping to problem solve like being a consultant on the phone as opposed to pounding the phones and kind of high-fiving and slapping each other around after a sale right yeah slapping each other around so you know (laughs) if you're if you're going out there and you're like you know i feel like a lot of job postings are things people have found on the internet um Mm -hmm. so if you're doing that that's probably not the way to go or if you're doing that try to search for things that are more gender neutral right um like there are tons of blog posts out there about kind of neutral words you Mm -hmm. can use or more female friendly words that you can Mm -hmm. use in your job postings um so we don't have to like list them all right here, but definitely Google that, you know, that's an important step is if you want female applicants, change the language of your job post for the sales. Yeah, and I, and I agree with what Amy was saying, you know, talking about sales as a consultative sort of position. Um, I always found those were my favorite sales jobs where I got to manage the customer process from cold call all the way through contact negotiations to the beginning of a relationship post close um, and and where I really got to feel like I was adding value to their organization versus you know I had a really fun job in New York before I moved to Boston that I was selling to restaurants in New York City I was competing against opentable.com the company I work for doesn't exist anymore but um, I was pounding the pavement walking into restaurants in New York City and I joke like getting yelled at or hit on every single day <laughs> in that kind of role when what was fun and I had friends that got me free food and that sort of stuff. In the end, I wasn't really having a like long-term maintained relationship as a 
business perspective it was much more of a like pound the pavement hit the phones kind of job Mm -hmm. versus other tech sales positions that I had that really helped me learn to do a lot more beyond just the sales pitch process. And I think that's another really important part to the culture idea that can come through in your job description Mm -hmm. or how you present your company in their online presence is how much do you train your new employees? How much do you focus on that? And how much of you, this BDR role is going to be a turn and burn? Turn and burn? Turn and burn. Turn around and burn it up? Turn. Turn and burn. Or how much of it is we want you to come in and and learn our best practices and use what you can use now, the skills that you've developed, the personality that you have, but we also want to capitalize that and capitalize on that and and advance you through our company to add value in leadership positions. Totally. And as an as a former rep, like the BDRs and SDRs that I worked with who had opportunities like that were the happiest versus other companies where it was that turn and burn and pound the phones and like we you there it's a burnout sure and mm-hmm. you don't want to lose your talent you want to groom them through your organization right and i think amy you touched on the learning and development part which is obviously really important um but i think for a lot of companies that are saying okay we want to hire um a bunch of you know women as sdrs um you should probably look at the company as it is right now and say do i have any female leaders right carolyn mm-hmm. you touched on this uh, at lunch the other day you're saying people that are coming in want to have someone that they can look up to and like look to for guidance right definitely and i you know i was often one of the very few female reps on the team um I somehow lucked out and never had to be an SDR or BDR. <laughs> um, but I, being a you know minority of the reps on the team and never having, I've had one, two female managers in my six years of sales at four different companies. And not seeing anyone above me was always hard. That kind of looked like me um, and wanted to work the types of relationships and hours and jobs and think about the flexible family stuff and all of those things that come down the road was tough and so I always in turn looked to the BDRs and SDRs below me and the women there and tried to mentor them as much as possible from my position because again when it's not there's nowhere to look above you it's hard to see well what's my path here sure right. sure examples are super important examples um both in like physically being somebody who you can look up to, who you think, you know, represents who you are and what you want to be. Um, But also, I think if we're talking about culture again, any of the other folks in Mm -hmm. the company setting examples for what's inclusion, what's appropriate, what's going to be the company line versus what is not going to be okay as we move towards a more um, diversified workplace. Sure, I think, yeah, let's talk about culture for a second because, um, I mean, this is kind of uh, an issue that we always have when we're talking to managers and they say, we want this type of person um, and, you know, we have this culture or or some really good candidates will get rejected because they're not necessarily a culture fit, right? But managers need to adjust their culture, right? They need to kind of adjust their expectations of what a good salesperson looks like or acts like if they really want to make their company more diverse they kind of have to expand their definition of what good culture is right or what their culture is going to be exactly it's definitely something that is like the chicken or the egg are you going to change your culture and therefore like other folks now match your culture or are you trying to change your culture by bringing in people who don't fit your culture 
And so one of those has to give. I think if you're aware, both of them will kind of evolve together. Mm -hmm. um, I actually was just talking to a hiring manager, um, and I think sometimes it means taking a risk. Sometimes you're not going to know if this person's right, and you've done everything that you could. You've given them tests. You've had them talk to people on your team. Um, but just because of who they are, you're not sure if they're going to like this job. You know, there is some, um, some element of trusting your gut and maybe taking a leap that isn't necessarily justified quite yet in order to move your company forward in terms of your diversity goals. Right. If you've got a team of those pesky la lacrosse bros and you want to hire a couple women, you're going to have to be ready to change your lacrosse bro culture. And, uh, not to pick on lacrosse bros this whole time, but yes. kind of we love guys. lacrosse bros. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's, I think that's totally, totally true. I mean, I, I mean, I think doing that shows to your organization that not only are we saying we want to change our culture, not only saying we want to bring more women in and make this a more equitable organization, diverse organization, but you're actually following through on those things by taking a chance on people that may or may not look like everyone else in the room so far. So for hiring managers who are listening to this and saying like, okay, well, I want to adjust my culture, like what are some tactical things that they could do to uh, make their either like their office or their the culture more appealing to female candidates. Take Nerf guns off the floor. <laughs> Nerf Chris, guns are cool. right. Right before you came in, Chris threw away the last of the Nerf darts that were left over in this office. Oh, doink darts! <laughs> we had the doink dart dartboard. Don't from... get me wrong; they can be fun. They can also be highly annoying. I mean, I turned down a job when I was first moving to Boston. I'm not going to name names of companies, but I was inter interviewing at a bunch of tech companies, and I turned down a job because I was like, "This is all guys with Nerf guns and loud music. Like, I can do that to an extent, but only for so long, and I want to feel comfortable in my work environment." So, one, take the Nerf guns out. Um, <laughs> Bye bye, doink darts. Doink darts. <laughs> I can't even it's going it. in the trash. Um, but what else can you do? I mean, I think. I think you can. Well, I think like right, if you have basketball hoops and you just touched on it, loud music and everything, like that's the startup culture. That's cool. Everybody wants to do that to attract young people, right? Kind of following. Uh, I don't know, TV shows about startups and stuff like that, but. And there are plenty of women who enjoy those things, like. Oh yeah, right? absolutely. But, sorry, but I think I think more than anything, it's not like, oh, we're taking away this stuff to appeal to women, but it's making your office a little bit more professional yes. to appeal to a lot more people. Right. Because as much as like the, you know, little basketball hoop and all that stuff is fun for a small amount of people and could attract, you know, the people at the early stages of your company, when you're growing, you're trying to really make your, your team more diverse and um, get new, you know, diversity of thought in there and everything like that. You need to become a little bit more professional. And I think um, as people get a little bit older and more mature, you know, from their young 20s to their late 20s, they want that. They want that professionalism and that kind of learning culture. And they want to come to work and have to worry about work and not necessarily all the other stuff and balls flying around the room and that type of thing, right? Yeah, and I think there's a way to do it. Like I, my most recent job 
that I left to start my coaching business, um, I thought they did a really good job of balancing that. Um, you know, we all had closing songs for when we closed a deal um, that we'd <laughs> blast cool. really loud in the sales section of the office. Other sections didn't love us for that all the time, but <laughs> but I think we did a really good job in that. You know, if we did have music on during the day, it wasn't at a crazy volume. Um, before we did blast any of that music, we did a phone check to make sure no one on the floor was on the phone so that it didn't like screw up someone else's Deal. flow yeah. or deal or whatever and they're like why do you work in an unprofessional company <laughs> you know what I mean like that feeling on the other end of the line um, and I think that you know like you were saying when you are starting an organization it can be really fun to have those things and like we're free it's awesome like this isn't your typical nine to five but as you are growing as you want other companies to take you really seriously some of those things need to just get a little lessened they don't necessarily need to, to go totally 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 go away yeah just curb it a little bit but curb it a little bit um and then you'll start attracting people also that that sounds crazy to them right i turned down a job for because i didn't like that kind of environment but i ended up in a quasi environment like that that i could handle and i enjoyed sure and i think those are you know duffel bags on the floor hockey sticks in the corner those kinds of things are so superficial somewhat like they're very important for somebody who's walking in the office to evaluate the the company culture in the day-to-day -day. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think culture goes a lot deeper than what's happening in an office I think culture is how your leaders um, set an example for what's expected on a day-to-day month-to-month quarter-to-quarter basis um, if your leaders are sh are leading by example and working from home because you have a remote policy, remote work policy, if they're taking vacations and making that uh, well-known through the company. And as somebody as a, in a BDR or an entry-level role looking up to seeing the senior VP saying they're going on a three-week vacation with their family, that's culture. That's a uh, value uh, that the company sets on personal lives and like work-life balance. Um, and then the other side is, is again, this training and development. Like, People want more than beer on tap and the ability, ability to kick a soccer ball around. Totally. People want to come to work to, to, to know what's next, to make you know, money for their family. There's a lot more that goes into it. So if a company wants to attract a diverse group, potentially more women, it, it goes deeper than surface level. Right. So we're not advocating for, you know, cubicles and gray walls right. and you know just no one talking you to know, each those other are awful too. <laughs> right but you can um you can definitely find a kind of medium there where you're definitely high-fiving each other when you're you're doing really well and you know supporting each other as a team and you know you can joke around and things like that but maybe not so much like that silicon valley startup mm -hmm. uh, right you know, idea well and i think amy you had a good point about leadership starts at the top right so again showing that you are taking vacation going on paternity leave maternity leave all of those things but then also just in terms of how you interact with your team on a day-to-day -day basis um, making sure that if you do have women on your team you are looking to them during meetings and responding to them during meetings and helping them take credit where their credit is due um, there's an amazing book um, called feminist fight club by jessica bennett she was a, a newsweek reporter um, and it's all about fighting sexism in the modern workplace. And it talks a lot about how, as a woman, to fight the whole, you know, room full of men in, in a conference room and your ideas getting passed over and different stuff like that, which is great from the, 
you know, employee perspective, but I think from a manager perspective, if you're saying you want to change in your organization, you can do things to make sure that that starts happening and that your team understands that that is happening as well. Absolutely. Sorry, I giggled there. I was I just pictured like a woman like running across a boardroom table, taking on like a, like a kung fu movie, <laughs> like a, a room full of men there. Yeah. But um, anyway, I think that's a good uh, kind of a good segue into let's talk about like why sales um, is a great career for uh, for for women, right? For can from the candidate perspective. Um, Carolyn, you've been sales and you coach women in their 20s, right? Mm -hmm. So what would you tell someone who maybe doesn't really necessarily know what they want to do, um, but is thinking about sales? Like, what would, what would you tell them? Um, a few things. One, I think sales is a fantastic foundation for any job. So if you are out of school and you really don't know what you want to do and the idea of sales sounds somewhat interesting and you're willing to give it a try, I think it's awesome to just try it and see how it goes. You might love it, you might not, but the skill set that you gain, um, anything from being able to pick up the phone and just call someone random and get them to talk to you to sending polite but um, specific emails to people to get them to talk to you to negotiation. To, I mean, there's, there's so many skills that transfer to pretty much anything else that particularly if you're in your early 20s and it sounds somewhat exciting, I say, why not try it? And I think uh, we both have known a lot of really successful sales, females in sales, and I would say a huge majority of them did not graduate or did not go to school saying, I'm going to be in sales. No. I think I know some pretty kick-butt women who got out of school, did exactly what you are suggesting, saying, I've got the skills that will... I think make me successful. Let me see how it goes. And they wind up loving it. They wind up being really successful. Mm -hmm. They wind up being better than all of their male counterparts and they're able to really grow a career. Totally. And I think, uh, you know, we talked about at lunch that sales requires more than just like that grit now, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's changed. You've definitely got to be more consultative, more compassionate. And Amy, you, you listed all these words the other day, right? <laughs> yeah, you had a really good said, list of words. That's a woman. You're describing yeah. <laughs> All of the new things about sales. Or yeah. I guess they're not right. so new, but the focus is shifting. Well, I think grit is still important, but it's this like... You don't have to be a hard ass. Right. Pick up the phones and just dial. Like That's not how companies are hiring, I don't think, for these kinds of roles. I think they're hiring people who can hear what customers are saying, uh, interpret that, and be able to provide a solution to their problem and their solution happens to be the product that they're selling right. and when we're talking about problem solving and listening skills and um, organization to make sure that you're following up with people appropriately and remembering to do those things um, competitiveness drive um, work ethic I think all of those things do describe mo many women <laughs> a lot that I know right. right right no I think it's I think it's a worthwhile thing to try if you have an inkling towards it. I mean, I ultimately left my sales career, but I'm super glad I did it. Right. Um, I mean, for starting my own business, I'm leagues ahead of other coaches who've never had that kind of experience. I was just where say I know that. how to sell. I mean, it's a different. It's different. It's not the same as calling a VP of sales or marketing and being like, "Hey, I have this tool, and I can like discount it if you sign by this date and all of that." It's it's a different, more personal approach and the person has to be really ready for it but it's still all about selling yourself sure i'm the product 
Well, that's exactly what you're saying. Sales, a career in sales, whether it's a short career or a long career, develops these skills that you can use for lots of different things. Mm -hmm. um, and it makes you better in any other career if you decide to move from sales in one year and five years and 10 years and six years. I totally agree. One other thing I would like to say to any candidates listening is, especially women, sales doesn't have to be all money motivation. I think that that can be something that turns people off. You know, that stereotypical sleazy car salesman idea. Right. You know, and even my boyfriend will joke about salespeople sometimes. I'm like, hey, you know, but you know, yes, I made great money and it was awesome. And that's definitely a perk. But for me, I was so in my own sort of goal oriented, give me a number. I want to hit it just because I want to be good. And I want to, you know, like I did in school, get good grades and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but the money was a nice side thing, but it wasn't the end all be all. And that's okay. And I think that's okay to explain to hiring managers too, when yeah. they're asking you why you're interested in this sort of role. Um, not just answering money because nine times out of 10, someone's just going to answer money and that's. Sure. Right. Uh, well, I think hiring managers have to uh, kind of adjust the expectations of what they want to hear too, because mm -hmm. you're, if you haven't been able to hire anyone successfully, like you've got to change your expectation of what makes a successful salesperson and take, like Amy said, take a chance on some people. So uh, the last thing I'll say here is like, I wouldn't be the marketing guy if I didn't say, if you're a uh, <laughs> female out there that's looking to start their career, like check out LaunchSource, um, where we can connect you with a bunch of different, uh, especially startup companies in Boston and New York that are looking to hire salespeople. So you could get a bunch of different interviews and, uh, and see what you like. Um, and then Carolyn, lastly, do you want to talk a little bit about um, Compass Maven, your company, and how you coach women in their 20s? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Compass Maven is a business that helps 20-something women go after and get what they want in their lives and careers. So I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do workshops both here in Boston. I'm trying to broaden out to New York and some other areas, and then maybe some uh, online virtual ones as well coming up soon, uh, and then content. So I really try to help women who are in a similar position as I was, feeling really stuck, confused, frustrated, knowing that they're meant to do something really great and more than what they may have been do maybe doing in a current position or, or even some aspect of their life. I mean, I don't just do career coaching, but um, it's all about helping people get unstuck, figure out what the hell they want to do, and then make that happen, right? So I serve as that safe space to just let it all out neutral third party I'm not your parents saying you need to be in this kind of career and all these expectations mm -hmm. it's like it's about you and it's about what you want who you are as a person what's going to make you happy and then also be your cheerleader and accountability partner throughout that process so that you stick on track to doing what you say you want to do and don't just drop off that's awesome and how can people get in touch with you if they're interested yeah so you can email me at carolyn it's c-a-r-o-l-y-n at compassmaven.com uh, we'll put that in the show notes, I think, yeah, for definitely. you guys. Okay, and, and I then, know you have a, an awesome blog post you wanted to Yeah, to yeah. Add. So you can also find me um, on Facebook and Instagram at Compass Maven is how you can find me. And then, uh, yeah, you were saying I have a blog and I have a really great um, post and freebie for you guys around kickstarting your job search. So if you're trying to figure out if sales might be a good idea for you or I mean, really, any this applies to anyone, any position. Um, you can go to my website. We'll link to that in the show notes as well, and download that worksheet and just get all your ideas out on paper um, to start 
you know, crafting a good networking pitch for yourself. Right. And so uh, if you're listening on iTunes, um, if you go to the Talent Hacks podcast on SoundCloud, we'll put the, sh- the link in there. And also if you go to the launchsource.com blog, um, we'll, we'll put the, the link in there too so you can find that. But um, it's been awesome having you, Carolyn. Thank yeah, you so thank much you for coming so in much. today. Amy, this it's awesome great. having you on the podcast for the first time. We're going we're gonna to do more. Just oh, you I'll and be I. back. We'll do a couple specials. Oh, I'll be back. <laughs> thank you guys for having me. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Everybody have a great day. Bye.